we had great situational hits as a team, and I think that was a big part of us moving on and getting into the World Series. I like to say, you know, like the first 30 games, uh, you see the league balance out. When we get there, you know, we'll know more about our team, and you know, like, and we'll know what we really need to do. I've seen the inside of the clubhouse, how these guys get along together, the, the coaching staff, the manager. It's a well-oiled machine as far as uh, continuity. There's no easy games in baseball, but we have teams that we should play very well against. Speaking of sports, the short show. Welcome, everybody. Happy Thursday morning. Damn, is it nice to, to talk to y'all after a really, really clutch win and a great team performance by, uh, by everybody. Um, you know, when you trail 5-2 and you had a funny feeling, I don't know why, I, I don't think Seattle's a great hitting team. And I just, I, I told two people, I said, I think they're done. And you know the Phillies are going to run them down. I, I just don't think without the home run ball, what the Phillies did, Seattle will never do. And that is string a bunch of singles together. And that is developing is the MO of this team. Yes, we've talked about struggling with runners in scoring position and high leverage situation. But when you look at, you know, Stott again, I mean, let's face it. If you're going to mark him, you know, legit or fraud, tell me, put the fraud stamp away, okay? We don't know that on 343. You set the overrun. You're going to go below 280. If you are, text me. You'll buy me a lunch. Turner's going up. He's not a 280 hitter. He's better than that. But, boy, is he starting Michael? I don't think we'll see OPS from Turner. He didn't see it last year. But you certainly have to do better than 283 and a quarter. Why don't we just skip score birthday? But we shouldn't do that. He got a big hit. Uh, and what did he do? What do you know? It, it looked like he choked up on the ball about a little bit. Goes with the pitch. Goes opposite. Laces a single. That's my frustration with him. When I see him swinging with the launch angle all the time, I think it's selfish. And there's times where he needs to be a hitter, not a bomber. And when you see a guy, I want to give you a hint, when you see a guy with almost 50 home runs and very few doubles, that's a guy that's swinging for the downs. It's been that way forever when I study box scores. You typically see more, more of a balance uh, ratio between doubles and home runs because the guy's swinging, you know, uh, not selfishly. But when a guy's got that loft and that big, heavy swing, that's somebody swinging for home runs. When you look at Schwerber, you know he does that. Uh, 333 Castellanos. You got the fraud stamp or legit. Uh, it won't be 333, but guess what? It's not going to be 210 like last year. Uh, welcome back, Marsh. That's your wild card because he's certainly not 351, but you look at his adjusted swing, how squatty. It looks too squatty to me. How about you? He's not standing up, but he's now he's almost like, you know, like he's haunting. It just looks too low, but I'm not going to argue with the success. Uh, JT, uh, 259. I'm going to raise him up to 280. You know, he gets off to a slow start. You know, bombs down 298. I think that's about where he'll teeter all season. I, I put him in, you know, 285, but with more power. And uh, have you noticed? Tell me you haven't noticed, right? Everybody watching Philly's baseball paying attention. It's not doing the P&L reports uh, or playing checkers. Who knows what you play while you watch a game? You don't have to do that anymore. Baseball is no longer 
boring. So put the checkers away. Put the P&L away. You made money, okay? If you have a problem with all that stuff, call Chad. But what you're noticing if you're attentive to the game should be everything that we talk about on this show. But if you if you take a look at the first base defense by uh, Alex Baum, and, and everything, oh, well, he, he, you know, he just can't go over there. No, no knock on Hoskins, but we, we know his deficiencies at first base. Do you see the better stretch? Do you see the balls he's digging out? Those plays you make when there's a runner on second prevent a guy from coming around and scoring. You got to make that scoop. And he's way better defensively uh, than Hoskins. And that will show up over time in the DR, DRS. Not just yet, but he's positive. He's not negative in there. So it, it, that's a real good thing. You know, Sosa, I said back before the season started, August, early September, I thought that he had to, I'm sorry, in the, in the spring, that he had to, um, he should be in a lineup. I said that because of his his minor league statistics and pedigree. I love his at-bats. I like the way he approaches things. The, the, you know, the conventional wisdom is if you play Sosa a lot, you'll dilute him down. He'll be a 230 hitter. I'm not so sure. And he hasn't been that in the minors uh, or in some of his big league slash signs. So, you know, the more he plays, I think the more he helps us with quality at-bats. So you put Harper back in his lineup, and you have now absolutely taken away the easy out. Now Hall's still out, and of course, you know, Reese isn't coming back this year. Can you imagine if, you know, now you say that, but other guys would not maybe be as developed. Maybe Sosa, okay, wouldn't have enough at bats to carry the average. So the wins against the replacement player type thing, the guy that's out, other guys have stepped in and done the job. But the bottom line is when you look at that lineup now, top down, if he could ever get the lineup right, and you put Harper in it, you're gonna like you're gonna like one through eight or nine, and that's what they did tonight. They started innings off with singles. They're a tough out leading off. Uh, they're in the top six in Major League Baseball. They're a really difficult trip uh, when when they're leading off innings because they hit a lot of singles, and when you do that, you build rallies. They cut down on the strikeouts, so to speak. Eight. Okay, remember they didn't bat in the ninth inning. That's that's below last year. Uh, you have to put the ball in play. That These guys do that. That's what I want Schwarber to do more. Get rid of the 200 strikeouts. Trade 40 strikeouts down to 160. 40 more times you're putting the ball in play. And if you're batting third, you know, Turner and Stott in front of you, half those times runners are on base, good things will happen. But this lineup right now is extremely dangerous. But what, what we have to talk about, and we haven't done it yet, is this bullpen. This bullpen is ridiculous. Ortiz comes in, lights out. Where the heck was he the last two years? He pitched like eight innings last year for San Francisco. Tommy will correct me if I'm wrong. If not, my wife, Marion, will. She's helping co-produce. Thank you, love. And then the two years before that, his ERA was like, you know, my weight. I mean... And all of a sudden, the guy's devastating. You know, again, the jury's out. Sir Anthony is quickly coming back. One hit, two strikeouts. Everybody has two strikeouts. So they end up striking out 14 in a nine-inning game. Uh, I, I think the wild card in bullpen is Kimbrough because I don't think he expected him after the way he started. And he's getting up there. 
So I don't think he had high expectations. If he's going to be anywhere close to the old Craig Kimball, he's a nightmare, okay? And you add him to the other guys, and, of course, the real nightmare, Alvarado, it took me seven years to say his name correctly, he is the act. He's the price of admission right now. He's the guy you get chills when you see him coming in. I mean, when you look at his size, throwing left hand and falling off the mound and throwing the seeds up there at a buck two to lefties, nice job Crawford getting a hit off him. I'll tell you that, hanging in there like that. He had a nice night. But what? how tough must it be to face Alvarado when you're a lefty? Uh, and some of those lefties don't get off the plate. Notice the guys that stay up on the plate that are lefties that he's pitching. The guy from Houston last year hugs the plate. Mm-hmm, we, we remember that. And those guys facing those inside pitches at 102. Pull it. Tell me how. Do it someday. I think every human on the face of the earth should have to face 102 miles an hour with protection just one time in their life, and they would have a totally different perspective on what Major League Baseball is about, fear in sports. You know, it's a joke when they talk about the hardest thing in sports. And you get a lot of pushback. Oh, it's a hockey shot. That's really good. I mean, you know, Bernie Perron, he had an unbelievable skill. Point guard in NBA, unbelievable skill. Nothing, my my dear friend, nothing compares to hitting a 102-mile-an-hour major league fastball with 2,200 spin and everything else that takes place, and it's hissing coming in. They hiss over 95, and uh, it, it, it's it's like they're mini little animals coming at you, you know, and, and jackals coming in, and uh, the major league uh, hitters stay in. You know, they stay in because they have – no fear. They checked their fear aside. That was the question I had for Harper and Boa last year when, when Harper got hit in the eye orbit area. I said, how does he get back in and face a lefty throwing 98 to 100? And, and Boa said, it takes a while, and it did, but he will, and he did. Uh, man, you, you talk about, you know, what can professional athletes do that we can't do, you know? The, the dimension between our best thing we could do athletically and the pro game in any sport for that matter, but particularly in baseball where the game is about the skill to hit a hundred miles an hour. It's like gives a friend of yours a rock, you know, a, a rock the size of a golf ball and tell him to stand eight feet away from you and ask him to throw it overhand as hard as he can from eight feet. Try to hit the rock. Oh, but stay in there and don't get worried about getting hit in the head. may not be the best analogy, but you get my point. So the bullpen, and again, and I think all of the bullpen, with the exception of Alvarado, are going to get better. I mean, he can't stay, you know, 070 for the rest, rest of the season, but the other guys like Kimbrell and whatnot, Sir Anthony, they're coming down. They're coming down. The starters, I think if you look at their ER right now, they're coming down. So the optimism for the lineup, if it's going to prove to be this formidable, and and the the part that swings all that action is the guys that, that we talked about yesterday, uh, Castellanos, uh, Marsh, uh, Baum, and, uh, and uh, who would say Stott. If those four are for real, and of course you throw Sosa in, you know, season to date, if those four guys are for real, you know the other guys are going to hit. 
Uh, Schwarber's going to have his power. It's going to help you somewhere. He'll be between 40 and 50 again. So this lineup, would I predict it right now as the best run-producing lineup in baseball, which means it's got to be about 5.5 a game, uh, another run from where they're at right now. Harper back, of course. You know what? I, I don't see another lineup that, you know, I, I really don't. Yeah, I am. I'm going to do that on this date. I'm going to I'm going to go on record that the Phillies will have the best run production lineup by the end of the year. I, I honestly believe that with Harper coming back uh, because I just think these guys are for real. And if they're going to score anywhere near five and north, they're going to support pitching and they're going to accumulate a lot of wins quickly. Now, again, they didn't tag up. There was a base running error and they came on a post game and said, you know, no base running errors. How do they miss that stuff? There's a throw to third that goes way over the cut, you know. Uh, it's first and second, fly ball to right, tag to third, and the throw goes way over the cut. I mean, it goes to third in the air, and I believe it was Sosa still on first base, which hurt because then you had a single and a ground out with one out that would have scored the run. It cost you a run. At one point, it looked like the tying run. Nobody talks about it. They're just not playing smart fundamental baseball and you know the defensive woes are going to be there probably all season you're not overly impressed with turner um you know sosa recovered really really nice on a ball that was smoked what was seattle doing in in the uh in the bottom of the eighth with their defense playing halfway up pinching second base and there's two balls right by the second baseman on a wet field where you could see the run I, I didn't understand the Seattle defense at all, if you're paying attention, in the bottom of the eighth inning. I thought they gave the Phillies two base hits, almost the same ball back-to-back. But credit to Phillies. They put the ball in play, on the barrel, and it's, hey, listen, anytime you trail 5-2 and you're playing a 500 team and Seattle's that and you come back and win the game and your bullpen goes lights out like they did, you had a you, you notch one up in the wind column that you didn't think in the second inning you're going to have. But this team will be re- resilient all year long. This is not a fluke win. Uh, the schedule does get tougher. They got the Dodgers. They got Houston. The Cubs, we talked about it. And uh, we'll see. But you know how fast 15 minutes goes in the podcast world. So my time is up. We'll be talking to you Friday. Go Phillies. Great game. Great audience. Thanks for listening. And uh, God bless.